Welcome to the World War I History Podcast, produced by the MacArthur Memorial, a museum and research center dedicated to preserving and presenting the history of General Douglas MacArthur, which includes the story of World War I and that of the millions of men and women who served in that war. This podcast features an interview with Megan Good, the director of the J. Wells Henderson Archives and Library at the Seaport Museum in Philadelphia. This podcast will focus on the USS Olympia and her service during World War I, flagship of Commodore George Dewey during the Spanish-American War. The Olympia was a ship close to the hearts of Americans in the early 20th century. She would play a very different role in World War I, that of a diplomat, humanitarian aid ship, and she would also hold the distinct honor of being the vessel that was charged with returning the body of the World War II unknown soldier to the United States. We hope you enjoy this discussion. We are here today with Megan Good, the archivist of the J. Wells Henderson Archives and Library. My name is Amanda Williams, and we're going to be talking about uh, the USS Olympia during World War I. Megan, why don't you just give us a kind of a, a brief overview of the Olympia right at the start of the war? Sure. Well, after the, the Battle of Manila Bay and Olympia's you know, major role as the flagship, the Navy changed from that time. Um, there weren't any major conflicts after the Spanish-American War in American history, and the fleet got a little bit older. She was retrofitted and, and kept up, but it wasn't to the same you know, standards and level as the current ships were being built. So Olympia was used as a training ship um, until World War I broke out, um, and of course the United States didn't enter World War I until 1917, so we had a very short span of life for World War I. But she did not serve as primary role as she did during the Battle of Manila Bay. She served more as supplementary role, where she helped with humanitarian missions, um, did some brief expeditions as well, but was really put on almost the second burner compared to her you know, role in the Battle of Manila Bay, where she was the number one ship. Um, by World War One, she was still a great ship, um, still very well known, but was not the lead of actions. Okay, and what is the main reason for that? Is she just outclassed by this time? She was. Um, by World War One. she was already um, over 20 years old by that point, which we don't think, you know, is that old necessarily no. for a ship. But when you consider the technology advances just between the 1890s and 1910 or 1912 even, it's completely different. Um, I mean, even when you look at passenger liners and steamers at the time, like the Titanic, and um, the Olympic and other ships, they were twice as large as Olympia, twice as fast. And, of course, the Navy ships were, that were being built were just the same way. Can you describe a few of the missions that she undertakes during the war? Sure. Um, the Olympia, two of the major things that she did during World War I, um, one was an expedition to um, the Arctic um, area for, to Murmansk, Russia, um, and basically, during that's around the same time also as the Russian Civil War, um, and so Olympia brought in Allied troops to help with the Russian Revolution. Again, serving almost as America's somewhat diplomat, um, serving America's interests in the revolution. Um, so she was up in Murmansk area, Archangel, um, which is very very north. Um, and she was up there for a little while, um, supplied troops, supplied cargo, some goods, um, provisions. And then the other half of her time was spent down in the, in the Mediterranean as a humanitarian ship. 
So we have reports of sailors um, that were aboard Olympia at this time. And Olympia was seen um, still as, you know, the ship of diplomacy, but in a different light. Um, not so much near the Iron Hammer that she was in Battle Manila Bay, but as the humanitarian ship. So she brought provision, uh, provisions to Italy. Um, she spent a lot of time in Venice um, and Rome. And there's accounts that we have of um, during Christmas time of Olympia sailors giving gifts to orphans and children that, you know, that were crippled during the war or lost their parents. And they come aboard the Olympia, and we have these photos of them, and they get to meet the sailors, and they're playing around with them, and they're giving them presents. And it was a way of kind of like how America, you know, sort of operates today during war, okay. where, you know, we would go and really help the people humanitarian-wise, you know, also have that underlayer of diplomacy, trying to, you know, have a, you know... Backed up by steel. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, trying to have our own agenda in the mix as well, you know, saying, well, we're helping you, which is great, you know, it's great for mankind, but also we're helping you so you have a good representation and a good idea of what Americans are. Um, so there's still a little bit of that, you know, underlying American diplomacy, but at the same time, it very much, you know, helped the lives of many children, many families in the area, and with all the different blockades and everything else during World War One. Italy and the entire Mediterranean was cut off from the rest of you okay. know, Europe and goods and everything else. Um, another major thing um, around this time was the Spanish flu epidemic. Um, and so Olympia also helped with that. Um, her crew did take care of um, people aboard, or not people aboard, of people on shore. Um, they also delivered medicine, um, Olympia, when you go aboard her, you also see she had um, areas for surgeons, medical people, corpsmen, and that as well. And they also really helped to educate the public through, you know, best practices of, you know, what to do, how, you know, how to not hopefully get the flu, what to do when you have it, and preventative measures as well. And this is in the United States? Uh, this is actually, this is in Europe at the time. Okay. So, I mean, Spanish flu at this time was all, Spanish flu didn't really hit the United States until after World War One, okay. when soldiers and sailors brought it back, um, unfortunately, but during this time it was very, very large. So this Europe. is just a continuation of her humanitarian yes. mission? Yeah. Okay. Um, can you tell me anything about the daily lives of these World War One sailors that were aboard the Olympia? Sure. Compared to the other sailors, um, necessarily from, from down in the bay, that were focused more on you know the war effort um, or hopefully going to see action, the sailors that were aboard Olympia during this time had not an easier life by any means, but their focus was completely different. Um, of course, you know when Olympia delivered troops to Murmansk and to Archangel, they were different. You know that was a completely different mission. But during the whole humanitarian. Um, efforts of the ship. She had musicians aboard. She had, you know, the, the sailors acted not just as sailors, but more of compassionate Americans as well. Um, so know. there was a sense that you have a mission, but it, it kind of goes beyond the war. This is kind exactly. of like a very diplomatic. Exactly. Mission. We remain like a flagship of the exactly. United States. Exactly. Um, all throughout Olympia's time, there were actually musicians aboard her, and she had a band, um, which a lot of people don't realize. We have great photographs and stories from different people um, that were musicians aboard. 
Um, and of course, seen as a flagship, and they were entertaining you, foreign dignitaries. Of course, music is a part of that entertainment. Um, and the same happened during World War One. We actually have the collection of um, a sailor. He was a, mus a musician who played the trombone. Um, and you know, we have images of him, and then the, they would have band concerts for the children that would come aboard, and they would walk through the streets of Venice and through Rome and all the other small, you know. Uh, cities along the coastline and perform concerts for the citizens of the small towns and cities. And, you know, we think of that today as that doesn't happen when we're, you know, in our current world state of diplomacy. But back then, this, the sailors aboard Olympia were really regular people as well as, you know, fighting men. But their humanitarian efforts were the, almost the primary purpose of their time aboard. So their job was to win the hearts and minds, basically. Yes. Okay. It seems like they did that through the photos okay. <laughs> that we have. So take us to the very end of the war mm -hmm. um, and, and just tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, at the end of the war, Olympia participated in a lot of the other ships um, that were you know, deployed to the Mediterranean, deployed to the North Atlantic Ocean, and brought back American troops and Canadian troops from World War I. Um, you know, as, just like in World War II, as soon as you know, any conflict ends, the major focus is bringing everyone home. Um, unfortunately, during World War I, there were a lot of soldiers and sailors injured. So a lot of them conv uh, convalesced in Europe for years after the war ended. Um, so Olympia made not just one trip, but many trips back and forth to France, to England. Um, not so much to the Mediterranean anymore, but really just focused on France, where the heavy fighting was. Um, and then she came back to the States for a while until um, the Unknown Soldier Memorial was um, declared and the declaration for that was um, finalized. And she then went back to France for to carry the Unknown Soldier home from World War I. Um, and I've heard that uh, when she actually leaves France, she's accompanied for a short mm -hmm. while by French battleships, kind of as mm -hmm. kind of a honor guard. She did. She did. She did. Uh, she left um, the coast of France at, I'm going to butcher this pronouncing, but it's l like Le Havre. Um, and so she left there, and when she was going out of port, I mean, they had this massive ceremony. Um, they basically, you know, the unknown soldier was selected from four caskets of unknown soldiers, and one was randomly selected. And then, of course, once they were selected, they were paraded all the way down through the streets. You know, people lined up, were watching it, you know, people were really celebrating it, just like... In World War One, how the French, you know, were really celebrated, you know, the Americans coming through and helping them as well. Uh, it was the same for World War One, And so, you know, the casket with the flag draped over it would you know, be led through all the streets of the towns until it got to the harbor. There was a massive send-off, and then the, the Olympia Adelaide was followed by a French convoy, um, I think until international waters, and then she traveled by herself until Washington Navy Yard, and at Washington Navy Yard she was met by a fleet of American ships, that followed her up, um, and then, of course, at the Navy Yard in Washington, she, um, the casket was taken off the ship, and meanwhile, the entire time, the ship was decorated um, for this voyage, so, you know, it had the black fabric hanging okay. over the casket, it had flowers, I mean, it was, like, the biggest mausoleum, almost, um, of the time, you know, traveling mm -hmm. all the way from France, bringing the unknown soldier back, and unloaded um, the casket, and through this massive procession, I watched the Navy Yard, and then, of course, they proceeded over to Arlington National Cemetery, where I think a few days later the actual burial took place at the Unknown Soldier Tomb. Very interesting. 
why was the Olympia accorded this honor? Because I'm sure by this time she's, you know, maybe even considered a little more um, ancient by, by some people. But is it because of her kind of storied history as this kind of mm-hmm. diplomatic vessel? And yes. Yes. Um, Olympia was chosen out of all the other ships of the Navy because of her storied history. Um, you know, she was seen as the ship, you know, not just with Dewey, but the ship that won the Spanish-American War. Um, even though there were many other ships that participated in the war, and, sailed, and, you know, sailors and soldiers on land as well, she was still heralded as, you know, that flagship, and was seen as a source of American diplomacy and American pride. Um, it's similar almost today to how, um, you need to put it in current terms, almost to how the new ships, like the USS New York that was just launched, with pieces of the World Trade Center steel in her, she was almost, we, we don't herald that as much as what people back then did the Olympia. And that's, you know, so you can just imagine all the, like, the love and, like, brotherhood felt about that ship and patriotic, you know, love towards her. Um, and so that's why she was chosen. She was, you know, still not as popular as what she was right after the Battle of Manila Bay, but she was still loved, like beloved in the hearts of Americans, okay. and was seen as you know the ship to do the honors to carry back the first unknown soldier. Um, and today we are actually sitting right outside mm-hmm. where the USS Olympia is docked. Visitors today can come aboard mm-hmm. and, and visit the ship, and um, we also are sitting in the J. Wells Henderson Archives and Library, which has an absolutely fabulous collection about the ship in mm-hmm. the Spanish-American War, mm-hmm. and then again, carrying back the unknown soldier. Um, is there, you know, if people want to come here, what's the best way to do sure. that? Sure. Well, we have a large Olympia collection, obviously, relating to the ship herself. Um, the Seaport Museum has... Everything um, almost relating to the Olympia, as we like to say. Um, but, you know, our collection is open to the public for research. Um, we have visitors come to the Seaport Museum just because they're interested. They can go aboard the ship. Um, they can see objects of, you know, from the Olympia or about the Olympia in our Olympia gallery. And then they, if they're very interested, they can also schedule an appointment in the archives and library and, you know, see personal papers and manuscripts from, sail- from sailors aboard the Olympia see things from Dewey and, you know, all throughout her like illustrious career of the Navy. Um, to do that, we have the Seaport Museum has is active on Facebook and Twitter and has an active website, and I invite everyone to go and learn more about the Seaport Museum through those ways. Well, thank you, Megan. I think this was a very informative discussion about the Olympia, and I hope that Um, Lots of people will look into this a little bit more. All right. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, please contact Amanda Williams at amanda.williams at norfolk.gov.